Welcome, everyone, to the Jazz Jitsu Podcast. I am your host, Jazz Ortiz, and today we've got a very special guest, um, a good friend of mine. I uh, know him from way back in the day when I was uh, fighting uh, MMA, and um, he's a really great uh, Muay Thai fighter. Please welcome, everyone, Caleb Hunter. What's going on, Hello. man? How are you, uh, man? Pretty good, actually. Good, man. I... Uh, I wanted to have you on here because um, I saw that you had a fight coming up. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, uh, with Jake Peacock, it's this Friday coming up, or whenever this airs, Friday the um, Friday the ninth, online fight. It's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. Awesome, man! That's awesome. Have you fought on a line fight before? Mm, I was scheduled to before, but at the face-off after. The guy backed out. So, uh, did he? Did they say why he backed out? Uh, well, in his words, I was unprofessional for for not being able to be exactly 147 pounds after I found out, and I was a late a last minute replacement. I believe four days out. Uh huh. And they were upset that I did not make 147 on the nose. What um? What that was your day, weight? Of- the day after the weigh. Huh? What was your weight the exactly? The day after the weigh in. 148. 148. Two. And what? Uh, how much did you have to cut? From 166. Jeez! In four days. Yep. Jeez! I would have said. That's fine. Like, let it go. You know, don't they give uh, allowances? Yeah, they were fine with it before, but somewhere between after they asked, they had after I weighed in, and at the face-off, they decided to renege or say it was too much weight. It was very unprofessional. Well then, seemed like uh, it was unprofessional towards the other way after after the weigh-in. It seems. Yeah, he was saying that it was fine. They didn't matter who replaced them for a teammate of mine had caught, got sick, couldn't fight. They asked me if I would take it. I would. They had cool. Then after their interview that while I was cutting weight, I missed the press conference for cutting weight. It was like, oh, that day I got a call right when I was about to step on the podium by my coach he's like don't be mad but they're pulling out Jeez. what went through your head at that point huh what went through your head at that point as soon as it told why you? why i could have stopped cutting weight yeah like i could have stopped halfway through this right. didn't even have to be didn't even have to not eat food or come down here right I feel like that would have uh, made it easier on uh, both of y'all, you know? Feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good now. Um, you'll be making your debut. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're very excited about that. Um, what's been some things you've uh, added into your game that you think will uh, make a difference this go-round? Mm, it wouldn't be really adding. It just would be expressing all my strengths because – our styles are very different. He uses space to strike. I do not need space to strike. So, right. 
that's essentially what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Who's going to implement whose will? Gotcha. Okay. It surprises me that you uh, you uh, you said you don't need a lot of space to strike because um, you're a long guy. You know, I remember uh, sparring mm-hmm. with you back in the day. It would be so hard to reach you. Like, um, what would you describe your style as? Drowning. Drowning. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen uh, some of your uh, I've seen some of your highlight clips, and it looks like you finish guys left and right. Um, when you go in there, what's your uh, what's your mentality going in there? Into a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I just have to. I just have to do this. Really. I just mentality wise, I don't think about a lot. You know, I don't think too much. Uh, yeah, no, there's not a lot. There's some thought, but mostly it's me. Okay. Looking at I've looked at this, t- looked at the fighter, probably if I can find tape. If not, it's, I don't care, whatever. I'm just going to, I'm going, I'm going to impose my will, or it would be, yeah, just completing the task. And the task is winning. Right. Or the task would be to, Impose to impose my will. I'm not really looking for a knockout, but if the knockout comes, ooh, I love it. Yeah, I, it's like a, it's like hitting a home run in baseball, right? I not I don't I don't play a lot of baseball. I'm kidding. I know. What you mean. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm sure getting a knockout is the best thing. I. Uh, I know back when I was doing um, uh, striking, whenever you'd get a, it, it's hard to recognize it sometimes, but when you see that, uh, that a, you're hurting a guy, it, it like, it gives you a boost of energy. Like you could be dead tired, but it like gives you a boost of energy just to go in there and finish the guy. I'm sure. Most of the time they, I don't know they happen. It's kind of, it's a surprise for me too, because I'm only thinking of, all right, after, okay, I just frustrate them. Don't let, don't let him. Oh, he really wants to come in. Let him in, but stab him all the way. Right. Um, I was like, oh, you you can. Oh, you're done. All right. Right. Let's let's just go on and uh, end it early. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. What? Um. What do you think has been your uh, toughest test in the ring up to this point? Who do you think has been your hardest fight or any, or any, it doesn't even have to be the fighter exactly, or like say the hardest training camp you've had or anything like that. I'd say hardest. I would have to say when I was in Thailand, because it was training twice a day realistically but what it felt like when i was in any fight camp in new york those would suck because jesus god those are the hardest training camps it was like not because of just what i was doing but because of the circumstance what was surrounding training whereas thailand all i had to think about was fighting training school a little bit then in new york it was job getting to the gym on time making sure I'm eating the right things, rent. So that felt harder mm-hmm. than what? Thailand, I'd say. Because um, how long were you in Thailand? 
almost a year. Almost a year. See, um, I'd seen a few clips of you out, out there, and it seemed like it was, it was very much uh, not laid back, but it was more of a uh, relaxed, more of a relaxed approach to it than over here in the states. It seems like uh, over there in Thailand, you'll see guys sparring, but they're not like trying to knock each other out. They're just playing. Was it was it like that over there? Uh, can you try that again? I think you, you lag or cut in and out a bit. Oh, yeah. So um, what I was asking was um, I noticed that the uh, in Thailand, their style of training is very different than over here in the States. What were uh, some of the differences you noticed? Um, the differences would be most time people here train once a day and there's more strength training. And Thailand, most places, it's up to you to train. There's, and if you're in the um, outskirts, but if you're at an already established camp, whereas in Bangkok or somewhere uh, established training camp, it would be, we're all going to do this together. It's all going to suck, but we're all here. Right. And then it would be, it's more ingrained to do lot long training lots of reps day in and day out twice a day whereas here there's more of a strength training app more of a strength training influence for strength and conditioning and periodization so theirs would say i guess most people say this that it's hard training you're probably overtraining. yeah yeah and here most people are like i don't want to do this and it's oh over there it doesn't matter if you don't want to do it. You're still going to do it. Mm -hmm. I see. What was your, um, what inclined you to travel over to Thailand and uh, stay a year? Mm, kind of like a, I don't know. I was like, well, this is the heart of, of the sport I've been, I've been trying to learn. I want to absorb the culture. So I went over there and, absorbs most of what I could, I would like to go back. Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah. When do you think you back. would, when do you think you would go back? Maybe a year and a half. Yeah. I, uh, I, how was it? Um, I heard things over there are really cheap. What, um, what were some of your favorite things to do over there when you weren't training? Um, that was most of it because I'm not a, a huge beach person. I'm not a huge party animal. So for me, it was, I just train and eat, train, eat, sleep, do some school, do a little bit of study. Very cool. What, uh, what are you in school for? Computer science. Awesome, man. How, uh, what, uh, how long is that degree? Uh, it's me taking courses online. For a degree, from a, I don't need to get a degree from a school, but I do need to have some certification or program completed, which is nice. It's hard as hell, though. Yeah. How uh, how far along are you in the program? Um, in my first month. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Um, so what were um, some of your favorite foods to try down in uh, Thailand? Ooh, 
It's gonna sound weird, but no, it's not. The whole any of the street food, street yeah. market, street food. I can't really name a time I didn't like the food there, except for chicken feet soup. Nope, don't like it. Not chicken feet it. soup. Yep. Did you ever try it, or you just saw it on the market? I did. Tried it, did not like it. There was a friend that was there that I made there from Argentina. Loved it. Mm. Ugh, that doesn't not, sound... not a fan of it. What uh what were some other weird foods that you tried? Scorpion. Scorpion. Was it like fried on a stick like they show on those shows before? Oh yep. that's that's crazy. What what would that taste like? Horrible. Really Horribly disgusting. Yes, I had to drink I drank two shots back to back after that. And Ugh. I do not like I don't like alcohol much. Ugh. I couldn't imagine that would taste yeah. good. It did not. It was horrible and bitter and no flavor. What was the uh, what was the name of the school you trained at over there? Uh, Sitchapo and Jitmanong and uh, I'm trying to remember the one where Holden took me to. Okay. So um you said that they're um they're laid back over there as far as like when when you'll train, but you have to do it. So what was your typical schedule when you were over there? I would say it depends on the camp versus one because uh when I was in the beach on Sichafo with Hua Han, they don't it's up to you to do the training. And come to the gym, even if you live at the gym. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to a more serious one in Nantaberry, it was, this is the time we all do it. If you want to fight, you have to do this. And then Hua Hin was like, it's, and it was all as a group. We'd all do it together. And Hua Hin, it was up to you to do it by yourself outside of regular training and clinching. I wouldn't say it's as laid back because some things are just, they, they'll notice. Like if you're not running your stamina up the par, like, no, you can't fight. You got to run some. Or if you're not showing up to the trainings regularly, at least, well, I, I've never, yeah. Wow, if you're not training up at least five days out of a six-day, a six-week training, you're not going to fight, essentially. I can't imagine they had Whereas any Whereas here, it was like, uh well, I don't know. You've been to a gym like some guys just they want to they say they want to fight and they're not showing up or they're not doing the extra work, right? And it shows. I think that was the, that was probably the difference between you and a lot of guys was that you traveled to a whole another country to just to have the training. Like there's gonna there's not gonna be any issues with you showing up to training because you know that's what you're there to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, um, what is your combined record now at this point? Amateur and pro? Yeah. What would you say it is? I don't even know. 40, mid-40s. 40, mid-30s? Mid-40s? Mid-40s, yeah. Man, that's a lot of fights. It's been a fun decade. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
what's been the uh, what's been the quickest turnaround you've had in between fights? Amateur. Um, when if I want, as long as you don't get knocked out, you could be fighting in the next month at least. That was a quick. That was the most turnarounds I've ever seen. You did a month. Yeah, I did one year where I did 14 fights in a year. 14 fights in a year? Tournaments. Because if you win, you can keep fighting. You don't get knocked out, you can keep fighting. You don't get injured, you can keep fighting. Goodness gracious. So you won so you won the whole tournament? Um, there are multiple tournaments, and I did not win everyone. Um, halfway, I was on a five fight and then I lost, I dropped it at the end. I think. Yeah, that was at AMTL later the year. I finished the whole year strong and didn't drop, drop a L at all. Man. So I have the 14, I lost one. I'd say you did pretty good. How did you, uh, how did you feel by the end of that, uh, by the end of that run? Like on your fourteenth fight, how how do how were you feeling? Were you run down? No, amazing. Actually, you broke okay. my hand the next. I was the same year that I went pro. I was like, oh, and then I broke my hand teaching people how to sweep the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I would have thought you would have broken it in a fight. That's crazy. How? Uh, so you said you, what what sweep were you doing when you broke your hand? Traditional outside sweep from the in the clinch, just a basic one. And I was like, "Oh, I'm going really slow. I can just put my hand out, even though I normally don't." Mm, oh, it feels fine. Mm, can't really move it much. Mm. And if I was like, "Like, you should probably go to the hospital." No, nah, it's just a little bit of swollen. It's really swollen. I was like, "All right." And I tried to go to work, and I'm like, "Oh, fuck! This might be broken." <laughs> So uh, what did they tell you once you went to the doctor? How bad of a break was it? Uh, I broke this. I broke my fourth metatarsal right here. It was hairline fracture, like, very clean. Mm. You, uh, and could not do my pro debut when I wanted because of it. Man. What, um, what was the uh, recovery rate for that? How long did you have to be out? If I listened two to three months what happened was four to five what'd you do uh we said the hand can't throw jabs uppercuts so but elbows are fine clinching should be good elbows really messed it up too so it was weird i was like elbows shouldn't have be a problem but they were goodness well I can relate to that because um, I hurt my uh, knee a few months back. Um, I, a guy caught me in an outside heel hook, and uh, it popped a little bit. But then I was I was That's back to training in like two weeks. I was like, it's. I was like, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad to where like I couldn't walk on it. But that whole day, I was like, it might buckle on me if I'm not careful. Good sign that. You know, <laughs> right. I went to the doctor and they just told me, uh, you know, it just, it was just air. It popped like knuckles would. So you should be good to go. I was like, no MRI. Oh. 
No, he did. He they did X-rays on it, and he said, "I don't even think we need the MRI unless you uh, unless you want to." But it doesn't seem like anything's wrong with it. So if you feel good, I mean, uh, yeah, I've had slight problems with my knees in the beginning. Funny enough, when we were doing the grappling training for Team Rock in Team Rock, uh, yeah, and I had to take time off there because it was a knee thing. I was like, uh, do you want to get on? I was like, yeah, I have the money, I'll do it. And I'm a believer if in knee, if it's knee things, MRIs over X-rays. Yeah, yeah, with or this both. With this one, I was, I was like, let me give it a couple weeks. Even when he told me you can go back to training, I was like, ah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. give it another week and then see how it does, see how I do walking because the it, the event was on a Sunday. It's such a weird thing, and then I had to be at work that Monday, and that's when I think real life kicked in, and I was like, oh shit, like I have a real job, like I kind of <laughs> need to be, I kind of need to be okay so I can pay bills, like. Because I'd gone on this, I had gone on this whole run for like three or four months where I was competing back to back, and that that was the last uh, competition I had before I was going to take a break. And I was like, "Oh wow, I have responsibilities. I have bills to pay. (laughs) Like, oh goodness, I'm getting married in a month. So, what am I going to (laughs) do?" Oh joy, that's oh shit. Right. I think that's when I had nothing compared to that. I was just like, oh, I think this is broken. Oh, this is broken. And then a couple of the guys was like, well, you should play it off like you got your hand hurt in the machine or something. I was like, that's oh, no, nah, that didn't happen though. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so you said you had a knee injury. How did you hurt your knee? Uh, I'm not really sure. It was. I think it's 718 training. I don't know why, but I couldn't really. What was it? It was on my patella. I think it might have been a knee clash or some or something wrong in jujitsu. And it was like ah, I can't move this, and I had to get. I eventually did go to the doctors, got MRIs. That's why I did get the MRI on the X-ray because I was on my grandma's insurance at the time. And I ended up having to get rehab as well. Right. Man. Super fun. Yeah, I bet. So, um, so uh, you said you were doing uh, grappling training at the time. Uh, how long did it take uh, between when you started to now for you to convert to just strictly stand up? Mm, I won't say it's a convert strictly because i still roll every now and again i still roll do you really yeah when i don't have a fight coming up (laughs) that when i don't have fights i'm fine with rolling that's awesome man i didn't know that i thought you were strictly stand up i do like i do like tying people and folding clothes with people inside of them that is awesome so So you do so you do a lot of gi training when you're uh, uh off season One more time. Sorry, it was lagging a little bit. I said, so you do uh, gi training when you decide to do grappling? I play back and forth because at the gym I'm at, they do some gi, some gi days, some no gi days. And I feel that Muay Thai has actually helped me better understand grappling because of clinching. Right. 
dude, Muay Thai clinching is a whole another game. So I'll shift it, but then when you do have a gi on, I forget. Oh, this is a, a this is another sweat. This is a whole another sweatsuit on. Right. I think I like no gi more. <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, I recently uh, stopped doing uh, the gi just because I was more mm-hmm. interested in a no gi leg lock game. And um, I definitely noticed a difference when I put on the gi. Like, it's a whole another game. Because you can get tied up in all sorts yeah. of weird lapels. And it's, it's a whole Yeah, lapels. Whole are, oh, my God. And you don't even know it. Somebody like, oh, wait, I'm, uh, 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 I'm getting choked up. <laughs> when they're passing the lapel through my leg, I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what to do from here. So, looks like I'm just going to let you do whatever you want at this point. What are you doing? That's how I felt sparring with you, man. I sort of felt like I was like, this is some, this is a, I could tell as soon as I sparred with you, I was like, this is a whole nother game. Like I am a, I'm like a goldfish and a shark in a shark's ocean. Oh, I didn't know I had that. I didn't know I gave that effect. Yeah. You, of course you were like real light with me at the time. Cause I can't even remember how old I was. I was probably like 16 at the time. Or maybe even yeah. younger. No, how old are you now? Twenty-two. Twenty-two, eight year. Because I stopped going to Team Rock around eighteen, and you're definitely was not ten or twelve then. And I know I'd come back a couple times. Mm-hmm. Around twenty. Uh, I was like twenty-two at that time. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy, man. That is so crazy because yeah, I forget about the age disparity. It's um, it's it's a big difference when you go against someone who is strong. Yes, that that can throw you back, but when you go with someone who is like a professional, what they're doing, like they know what they're doing. It's it's a whole other it's a whole other type of feel. Yeah, I felt that way when it's like not just a big element, they're more experienced. It's like, uh, I should be able to hit things. You know, why am I getting hit when I try things? Right. It's really humbling. And the worst part is like when you know when you know when you're going against someone better than you and you know what's coming, but you can't do nothing about it. You can't do anything about it. Like that's it's what, the worst feeling. It's it's not great and that's what took me back the most um when you were in thailand did you uh did you get to uh spar with any uh big names or anything like that uh at the city of Fosium, whoever would come there tj johnson and jai pet mostly uh, and the problem with being really with being tall in thailand is most thai people are short and light especially fighters. There's not a lot of fighters that are non-tied, that are tied, that are were my weight class until I went to not to bury. And the problem in there, the difference was that they didn't spar outside anything really outside of boxing sparring because their fight, their stable of fighters had fights essentially every month or sometimes some of them would fight every two weeks. Yeah. So That's they didn't, crazy. Yeah, they just didn't need it. And then the beach towns, they would spar every day, but at a very light, at a lighter, at a very light pace. 
I would say sparring in Thailand versus sparring in America. Most of the time, if you're not sparring another foreigner, it's probably going to be a, a lighter tone or more playful tone than in America. Everybody wants to try and knock each A lot of people want, no, not say a lot. Most people like, I got it. Depending if they're a fighter or not, they just want to fucking take your head off. It's a fight for them. Right. Yeah. Right. I could, I could, uh, I could definitely see that, especially when you have, um, the, uh, the accolades that you have. I could definitely see people trying to make a name for themselves by trying to hurt you. You know, have you, have you had that happen before? Were people trying to make a name for themselves? For I me? wouldn't. I wouldn't even feel it's that. I feel it's just sparring is. It's only three times, and it's more of a hyped up feel here for sparring. Like we don't get to fight. There's not fights every week. Like there's baseball every week or football every week. So it's a big thing. I feel emotions play into it. It's like I'm not gonna get fight. The pressure's on to really perform well, and like I gotta do really great or. And then the guys that aren't fighters that want to spar, and it's like, oh, I got, I got to prove my manhood, or something that happened to me in my childhood I have to make up for it and try to knock this guy out sparring. Right. It's, I don't feel it's, like it's ever. I never feel it's trying to make a name. I feel that's there. You some people. I I feel like it's gotten better, but I hate sound MMA gyms. Like it's hard sparring most of the time if you go to an MMA gym. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You think it's a pride thing? Partially, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So um when you were uh out there in Thailand, did you meet any uh any big names like uh like Senchai or Buakao? Or see them fight or anything like that? I didn't actually go hunt for them and I the one big name the few big names would be again the Sichafo twins. Uh-huh. I met Jai Pet, but that would be if you're a fighter. TJ, he's an American fighter that moved back here to open a gym. Then at Jitmanung, all their stable fighters, if you ever get some time, look up Jitmanung. Uh-huh. I met Sing Dam as well. That was very, that was interesting. Awesome, man. So, um, what would you say is, uh, since we're on the topic of sparring, what do you, what, what would you mm-hmm. say is your uh, favorite style of sparring? Do you like to go uh, longer and uh, lighter rounds, or uh, you'll go a few days, but it's hard sparring? I definitely prefer the lighter rounds because uh, if you've already fought, I feel you don't need to have it be in that mode at sparring. It's more, I feel sparring's more of, I guess, more of a drill. I would think of it as you would drilling. We're not trying to hurt each other. We're trying to hit it. Right. And of course, I would say, especially to the head, I'd say, forgot where I got this from the gym. It was like, go like 20% to the head, 40, 50 to the body, and you just unload on the legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the legs, crazy. I'm like, eh. eh kinda, it's like, their legs. Yeah, it's like, you need your brain, go light there, no matter right. what. Body, go light, but I'm not trying, I'm scanning, like, ribs are, ribs are there. Right. Organs are there. We don't need anybody in the hospital. I don't think liver shots are ever going to make somebody go to the hospital, depending on how hard it is. But legs, you're just not going to walk right for a few days. Right. I just have at it. But I wouldn't encourage that on, on like, if you're new. It's just like, nah, you don't need to. 
Yeah, I definitely see that new uh, that being a trend. In, I definitely see that being a trend now in uh, MMA, where guys aren't sparring new. All right, yeah, I heard that was coming up. No offense, from Max Holloway saying that, mm-hmm. and he was uh, what he was always doing hard sparring in Hawaii, and they said Hawaii inspired a lot more. Now he's saying to do lighter. And if that's the case, I didn't, I haven't followed it too well. However, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I think that's already been a trend for that. Mm, I wouldn't say every step because boxing, good God, boxing and and kickboxing gyms fuck sometimes. Goodness, I feel like boxing is is one of the few ones that are still going like hard. Like every yeah, round no, is fuck. is hard. Fight. It's a fight every time. No. Yeah. Like I, uh, I, uh, I would see uh, the uh, All Access uh, show of uh, Floyd Mayweather leading up to his fights, and like he had this whole thing set up where I think he called it the Doghouse, where it yeah. would be guys going until someone gave up. Like that is mm-hmm. ridiculous. No, absolutely retarded. Yeah, that would be like um, in Thailand as much overtraining as it does. It's like you gotta run, you gotta do X amount of kicks. It doesn't matter who you are in the very traditional gyms. That's what it's like. Even if you know this is that you shouldn't be training this much, this much volume, it's like, oh, I'm not gonna fight. Mentally, I feel that's great, and there's everyone should probably go through that once. But if it's sparring, no, you gotta you got you got this much of hit meter. We'll say for concussions, it goes down every concussion, every hit to the head. And eventually, that fighter, once it's here, there's no recovering. It's here, and that's your bell. Right. And people would just turn it off like that. Mm. I don't want to risk it in its barn. No, no, why would you? No, that'd be ridiculous. It's yeah. um, it's crazy to think, uh, looking back now, even uh, we were part of that generation uh, in a way where... <laughs> Every yeah. time you sparred, it was hard sparring, and it, anyway, it, uh, it was just the thing to do. It, like people just didn't. I hated it. Didn't it was like I'm gonna use my jab and keep, I'm like keep y'all away. I, I don't want any of this. Nope, y'all do all that crazy shit elsewhere. That's where I got a jab, a good lead from. Right, and um, I'm sure, uh, just like myself, you're probably one of the smallest guys in the gym sparring with these big dudes. Like, not only am I getting hit to the head, but I'm getting hit to the head by freaking 250-pound fighters, and I'm like 125 at most. Uh, when I was there, I was like 150 pounds, and yeah. I was not that big, much bigger till I actually left, because I right. wasn't, gr- I didn't, I was a late bloomer with growth. Yeah. No, like that's, a- that's worse. I don't spar anyone that's outside of 50 pounds of me now. Okay, so you're there's a cat for me. If you're fifty plus pounds over me, yeah, it's not worth it. There's no point. I do. Uh, I do the same thing with my uh, training. Also, I don't. Uh, I don't go against big guys, and I like to stay with people um, that are relative to my skill level and my uh, weight class. The skill, like sometimes it's like, all right, I just want to have a fun or that, but. Weight thing? Nah. Actually, no. If there's a fight coming up, I'm. We're like these are the only people you're gonna spar with. If 
fight break, they can swap pretty much anyone. But anyone that if they're if I'm one sixty only, if they're two sixty or like two forty, two thirty, I'm like nah, nope, no point. No, no, because I've had it where it was with um new guys. Um, uh, they just they freak out when someone gets a hold of them. They don't know what to do, so they're just pulling and grabbing on any orifice or uh, fingers or things oh, like that. Oh, your MMA, yeah, because y'all do go right to the ground too. Yeah, I didn't like that at jujitsu. Some guys would just be like, "There's no like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna lull kind of into this." Just right. I want my I want I don't want to break my arm, man. That, you, that's cool with the choke, but not my limb. Don't, don't right. do that. That, yeah, that's why like uh, I I go with people more uh, closer to my level because I'm like I know you're not gonna rip my shit off. Like I know after this we're gonna smack hands and we're still gonna be good. I can't be yeah be with these other guys. Nah, there's some. I feel like those guys get weeded out mostly. Either they're gonna stay and learn or they're just gonna get weeded out. Right. I think that uh, that goes back to uh, what we were saying about uh, hard sparring. That's kind of how you weed out the the guys who are just in it just to beat people clout. up and yeah for clout and the ones that are really want to go somewhere with this you know. Mm-hmm. I guess I look at it as now that I'm back in the states, even just from that experience of, hey, I want to get up and still be able to train the same way tomorrow. And not be or be able to throw everything. I don't want to have to limp into the gym. Right. Irregardless as to like you go whatever to the legs, but I would still say sparring should be light. Yeah. For the most part, light. I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. What are I, we gonna do? I never felt that way when I uh when I started training. I I never felt like, oh well, let me use this guy to prove a point or let me show them how tough I am. I was just, I was just interested in it. I, I just wanted to learn about it. I was very curious about it. Curious, and I wanted to stop getting my ass beat by my older brother. <laughs> Did you and get beat up by your school, yeah. older brother in school? Yeah, was always you, fun. What was, uh, what was that like when you were uh, younger? The smaller part when I was smaller, I sucked, but I didn't want to give up. I just wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> Is he yeah. uh, is he built like you? Is he uh, long and tall? Nah, I'm taller now. I had the growth spurt, just left him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So, um, uh, now that we're uh, getting to that, um, did you ever get into any fights in school? All the time. Did you really? After I got out of Christian school, after I got switched over to part, out of Christian school to a uh, middle school in public, yeah. I even yeah, and outside of neighborhood stuff, it'd be like, yeah. And typically, why uh, why were you getting into fights? Was it you causing it, looking for a fight, or people just wanted to pick on you? When you when you like Pokemon and anime, <laughs> how dare they? <laughs> it wasn't cool. It was cool. It's cool now to like anime and Pokemon. Then it was like only nerds play that, right? Like, how crazy is that, that now people think it's so cool, but back in the day, they used to call me weird for, like, in Pokemon. Or you're going to hell. Really? That was a thing, too? Family. Family oh, loved that one. You know what? Now that I think back on it, I used to like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, 
and yeah my mom used to tell me now you better not be messing with that stuff that's the devil yep I'd say I'd say that's how Satan seduces you. What they're called pocket monsters. That's right, they're demons. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy, man. Yeah, man. I still have some of those cards. Have you seen that they've become like a trend now? Like they're worth a lot yeah. of money. It's insane. I would have kept all of them had I known they'd be worth so much now. Yeah, like, like sixty dollars for a first edition Pikachu. What? All right. Well, actually, it'd be 280 because some of my, my friends from the gym, they still have their Pokemon cards and they collect. And I was like, why would you pay this much for a Pikachu? I don't nope, don't care enough. Right. If, I'd kn- if I'd known what I know now, I would have freaking dumped all my money into Amazon and kept all my <laughs> Pokemon cards. And, yep, I can't disagree with you on that. Yeah. What were, uh, what were your favorite cards? Favorite cards, Hitmonlee, Scyther, and Lugia. I could have. Maybe some of the regular trio, of the regular, of the legendary trio on birds, but love me the fighter pipe Pokemons. Love the Scythers. I think I would be more of a grass type. Right. Nah, but I do like the, I do like, I'd like fire, like Entei and lightning. It's a mixed bag. (laughs) <laughs> I could have predicted the Hitmonlee. I could have called that yeah. one. I could definitely see that one being one you'd like. Yeah, uh, Uncle got me into Bruce Lee. Young, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So that was your uh, was that your first um, your first uh, how you viewed combat sports? Was that your introduction to it? My introduction, funnily enough, was all these. Horrible, horrible fighting games that they have now, like Mortal Kombat and shows like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Please tell me you got into Tekken. If you didn't play Tekken... Is your hair hair black? (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't play Tekken growing up, man... You weren't weren't nerdy enough. You didn't have a childhood. Your childhood wasn't fun. And WWE, I love WWE until we found Dragon Ball Z, Mortal Kombat, in any fighting game. I'm not so much in the Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat nowadays, but I can pick up Tekken and Smash Brothers without playing for months. Right. Yes. Uh, Street Fighter was uh, a little before my time. My dad was into it. He uh, he he was the one that introduced me into uh, all these fighting games. But my main ones were Mortal Kombat, like you said, and uh, Tekken. Those are my two yeah. most most favorite. And then once I got a little older, I got into uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, so much childhood there. We dress up. I remember that when we weren't fighting, our cousins were over. We dress up as the characters and just hop from couch to couch trying to pull off. Pretending we were them, till we broke the couch and got our ass whooped. I used to do that with uh, WWE characters. Like uh, my favorite was Jeff Hardy, and I'd be flipping mm-hmm. from couch to couch. <laughs> oh god! I wanted to grow my hair out so bad. I was like, oh, just let me die like Jeff Hardy, so I could be cool. What did your parents say? No, no not happening. Yeah, not happening. We're buzzing your hair. Keeping it short, yeah. What were uh who were some of your favorite wrestlers? Favorite wrestler? Kane. 
all day Kane, choke slams, Kane, Kane, yes. Ray Mysterio, <laughs> uh, Fudge, and I will <laughs> Ric Flair because of the woo. Right, is is legend, man, Ric Flair. Love Kane because my brother also just loved The Undertaker and just spite. Right. Spite love of Kane and Rey Mysterio because of 619 and um, Generation X. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sweet shit music. Sweet shit music all day. That's when TV was good, when they were when they were on TV. Yeah. I was, uh, I was glad that my parents allowed me to do that at least, get into WWE. Even though they were saying a bunch of wild stuff back in the day, they were wild compared to now. I don't watch it anymore. After I found out it was fake, I just stopped it entirely. I was like, I can't do it. This is bullshit. I can't do it anymore. But I still watch Jackpot. <laughs> right. I I thought the same thing. One uh uh when I was in day uh, when I was in daycare after school, one guy told me one time uh that worked there. He said, "You know that shit's fake, right?" And I was like, "No, no, it's real. It's real to me." It's real to me. And I was you're like, right. and you're like, wait a second. I should be able to get right back up from this. I saw that on TV. Right. Wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. I should be able to do a 6-1 on in this guy. Where's the ropes? <laughs> but then I was like, all right, man. But this shit's entertaining, so I'm going to keep watching. Nope. Started watching, like, martial arts more and went from wanting to be a boxer finding MMA. There was no boxing around. I was like, I'll do Taekwondo. Taekwondo left. Ooh, there's an MMA gym. I'll do MMA. Then I saw on the back, I was like, fuck this. I'm not learning anything about elbows at this MMA gym or knees or clinching. That's so cool about kicking. I want this. Drives an hour at Winston for every training session then till I moved. And haven't looked back. That's awesome, man. So you wanted to uh, you wanted to do boxing in the beginning. Yep. Then That's I found right. after loving finding sports um, martial arts and taekwondo, I was like, oh, there's taekwondo around here. There's no more. There's no boxing. I did taekwondo. Because that's what you were interested left. anyway. Yep. yep. Instructor left for a year, and I found the MMA gym, or I should say, a friend bet me because. He said he doesn't want you like he he bet me a hundred bucks I couldn't knock anyone out there because he's like I don't after and that one that didn't go well I got knocked out full flex shot I was like throwing up mm. I just kept going back I was like I don't want to lose this I want to learn how to fight right <laughs> what was your first day in training like like man I just I, I can knock these guys like I don't look so tough. <laughs> It's not like a street fight at all. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is not what I saw on TV. Like, you finally got the spar. I think they let me spar within the first two weeks, and I got, who got uppercut to the gut. Wait a minute. You're telling me you didn't spar on your first day? No. Dude, that is such an old school thing, because the first time I went to train, Mm -hmm. it was on a sparring day. Of all days... (laughs) It was on a sparring day. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how I lasted. They're like, gotta see if you want it, exactly. right? And like, if you're gonna say like, ah, you look pretty good on the pads, let's see how you do on sparring. 
I did pretty okay, but I got my introduction to body shots that same day. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the worst feeling. I don't, I don't know what's worse, getting, getting dazed or getting dropped by a body shot. Uh, I don't like leg kicks worse. As much as I say, like, oh, that's fine. I'd rather take a body shot. I'd rather take. Actually, I don't want to get hit in the face. Oh no, no, I'll be. Honest. I don't want to get hit in the face. No, <laughs> no. Oh, no. It was like, yeah, I don't mind getting in the face, but I don't like to. But it's you just put it out of my. I just put on. I'm gonna get hit in the face at least once or three or four times. Right. That's what I always think. Like it'll happen like a good ten times, maybe good twenty. I don't care if I get leg kicked all day. Ugh. At least I'm conscious. I'm not gonna throw up from that. I'm just maybe not gonna walk right. Right. Exactly. That the worst case scenario. Yeah, it's like a few days of soreness. Oh, my leg. Yeah. Or you end up like Uriah Faber walking on crutches. Good guy. Someone kicked that hard in my first few days or first few years of of Marshalls. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It is crazy. Have you seen the, did you ever see the pictures from that, after yeah, that fight? Like this was a balloon and not, he had to get, sur- did he have to get surgery or something? Because it was so much that his leg was actually dying or some shit. Yeah. It was so filled up with fluid. I think that's what they said. Horrible. It looked like it was through a grinder. God. I remember seeing, uh, like Aldo and Henderson, Benson Henderson, uh, guys like that who were just taking people's legs out from underneath them. It was yeah. nuts. Yeah, like, it was crazy. Like, ooh. You know, uh, the latest thing has been calf kicks. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. No. There's a guy at our gym that that liked, had actually won one of the fights from calf kicks in my field just from people not knowing how to check a kick or being scared if they come up off their leg, they're going to get taken down. And because of that, calf, the calf kick's more available because, A, so I don't want to check this, so they just eat, turn their leg out and eat it a bit, or B, they don't want to lift their leg up so or, their, or improper techniques because I've seen it a lot. People just lift their leg up and they don't turn the shin out. That's how you're going to get your calf kick up. Right. Oh man, it's brutal. I've I had uh I had a I, I had a few times where I'd gotten kicked in the calf and it does not feel great. Have you uh mm-hmm. have you seen that uh that translate into uh Muay Thai a lot? Do you see it as often as you do in MMA? No. Why do you think that is? Checking habits. Yeah. They're more. Yeah. Con- more, it's more adept to get out of the way. Either check this, check the leg kick, or being out of the way. And because it's a strike, it I think more because it's stand up based. Even say the kickboxers, like we're they're just we're better at being mindful of the sh- of that. And to ha- and to get a calf kick, you have to get someone where they're if their legs straight up. And most and if you're a good and most uh, stand up strikers, or I guess in more time we're taught to turn just the lower half of our leg out when when the leg kick's coming to meet bone on bone versus I don't know what they teach in MMA now. They might just say just raise your leg up to check. Right. Mm. So it's not in my, I've seen people even at our gym, like say the newer people, you say check, they just, after the first few times, they're just raising it up and it goes, 
chin moved over versus bone on bone just stopping it. Oof. That's a, if you if you told a if you explain that to a person on their first day, hey, here's your bone. I want you to meet it with his oncoming bone. I would probably run out the door. Like you're checking with the fat part of your shin while they're hitting with the lower part. Right. Great. Yeah, like if you don't do that consistent checking, I feel that's part of shin conditioning. It's a lot of checking with or without a shin guard on most people do with shin guards if you're not used to it your shin's gonna hurt yeah (laughs) i'd say and that's part of it as well it's like i don't want to get my shins abused if i check so the second thing is getting it out of the way and unless you see a lot of leg kicks you're not always going to catch that yeah did you ever uh, condition your shins like you know they would beat them with uh you'll see some people they'll beat them with sticks or kick poles no. Uh, but if you ask some of my friends, I kick around the house sometimes. That stopped after a this was recently I lost a toenail. And by the recently I mean like maybe a few eight or eight or so months ago I lost a toenail, so now I don't kick in the house. What were you kicking? I was kicking the fridge, waiting on <laughs> something in the oven to bake and kicking the fridge. As I was going, I was like, I feel great. Clip the edge of the counter and bye-bye toenail which toenail right toenail right big toe toenail oh that's nasty (laughs) oh that's the big one goodness it's almost back to 100 percent. i have not clipped it in a very long time there was nothing to clip (laughs) (laughs) i'd say the only thing i've done was Hitting, kicking the bag a lot, and fighting, just practice, making sure you know how to check. And a lot of checking goes a long way when you kick back because if the other guy's shin is in condition, and he kicks you with those good kicks, mm, oh, yeah. They're going to build, we're going to see, it's almost a battle of who's going to break first. And if I've already been checking for, I've been always conditioned shins, you can throw those kicks, but you've never hit. Meat, nothing but bone. You've only hit meat, not bone. I'm looking a little sore. You're gonna be a little gun shy. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely could see that between uh between me and other guys who are more experienced. I was like, whoa, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother level. Here I am swinging my little chopsticks at this freaking tree trunk. Yeah, I would love to have tree trunks, but I've I've been blessed with the lankiness. That's the other side of it. I understand that. Yeah. Don't worry. Just keep kicking people's shins a lot. You'll get there. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. That. I, I'm trying to think when the last time I trained stand-up was. I can't remember, to be honest. I can't remember the last time I hit a bag or anything. Because I've just been doing strict grappling for, I would say, about two years now. I just went all in for it. So, yeah, man. So, um, do you have uh, specific coaches for specific things? I saw on your uh, Instagram story this week you were doing some uh, strength and conditioning training. Do you have a strength and conditioning coach? Yes, actually, one of the things I've changed now for this past year is getting that 
Whereas before I would just do regular, whatever training menu, normal, normal tie boxing one. I wouldn't really go to the gym. I have, I'm not, I really wasn't a gym person outside of a martial arts gym. I tried it a couple of times. Now I'm actually committing to it as well as getting, recognizing why strength and conditioning is so important in martial arts or combat sports. So um, how long has it been since you've uh, added strength and conditioning to your uh, training regimen? COVID. Really? <laughs> I get all the gyms in New York were shut down. So I just got kettlebells. With like kettlebells outside of regular running, the push ups mm -hmm. and whatever pull ups and ab work you do or jump or squats and or body weight stuff. Mm -hmm. I just didn't do it. And then I started doing kettlebells mainly over COVID, moved back here, got a gym membership, started going to the gym while I swim now more. It's uh it makes a difference. Oh yeah, I definitely think so. I um I always was of the mentality that if you want to get better at jiu-jitsu, if you want to get better at sparring, you have to spar or you have to do jiu-jitsu. But once you add strength and conditioning to it, it, it takes it to a whole nother level. You know, it, it, um, it allows you to have almost the fundamental strengths to perform the, uh, the sport. Like yeah. I could definitely tell the difference in, uh, in my uh, front headlock game, defending it because I was doing more back stuff. And my, my back was very weak from uh, jujitsu where I wasn't really doing those um, forceful motions of like a row or um, things like that. And uh, I was just getting bent around like a pretzel and it, I didn't develop those muscles properly. So now that I have with strength and conditioning, it, it's made my jujitsu game way better. Yeah, I've noticed things where strength and conditioning, I'd say people that I couldn't move around when I was clenching and I had to rely mo mostly on technique. Now I'm like, mm, you can't move me. I can still, and I'm like, ah, okay. This is where it is where I feel like I can burst long and I can recognize this or it's very nice when I don't just have to use technique. I can use muscle too. And when you combine the two, it's a whole nother thing. Like that is crazy. Yeah, the regular movements before didn't feel as powerful. Now they feel stronger. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you said uh, COVID is where you uh, started doing more strength and conditioning. How did uh, COVID affect your uh, everything else, like your training? Put it to a complete halt, honestly, for the first four months. Mm -hmm. Complete halt until I moved back to North Carolina. So you were living in New York at the time when it hit. Mm -hmm. mm, what was that like? It went from, yeah, this will only have to be for like maybe a week or two to, well, this gym's closed. Well, this gym's closed. Well, we're going to be here for a while. Nope. Don't come to the gym anymore. We're all shut down. Mm. Man. So it was just running or kettlebells. That is crazy. With a side of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> a side of Ben and Jerry's. Um, did you um did you ever have any like, you know, underground keep it kind of hush hush training sessions throughout this this COVID thing? Yeah, New York, yeah. Yeah. 
that's kind of yeah. that's that's kind of how we were uh, in the beginning of it. Like the first two weeks, we were mm-hmm. like, "All right, it seems like this thing's gonna be here for a while, so let's take precautions for like first two weeks." But then after that, we got cabin fever, and we're like, "All right, I'm taking the risk. You know the risk you're taking, so let's get something going because I can't take it anymore. You know, I've got to train." Yeah. I will say that's the biggest difference in training is New York's. I think they're still mostly shut down, and North Carolina's like, "You okay with dying?" Right. I'm okay with dying. Just sign right here, and we're good to go. You feel sick? Stay home though. Right. Don't come back for like two weeks. Okay. Sounds good. Did you uh, did you catch COVID at any point? Oh, I've been tested. I've been I get bi-weekly tests and still yet no I feel like I did while I was in New York but or maybe when, or, and didn't know it but results I've gotten both where the test if you have it or if you have the antibodies nope. neither neither mm. I got it back in uh August I didn't get it nearly as bad as uh other people but I did have like a fever for like a day or and um, I felt bad a couple of days, but other than that, that was that was about it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's really weird. It's a weird place we're in with this, but it's going to be around probably like the flu now. Yeah. Have you thought if you'll um, get the vaccine? Yeah. After no? the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see my grandma. Yeah. Right. Have mm-hmm. you? Um, so you haven't seen any of your family members uh, since this? I've, my younger one, yeah, Devon. I saw my grandma for Thanksgiving, and after that, I haven't seen her since. It was like, oh god, I'm putting her in danger every time. Right. And normally, I don't hang out with the with a lot of people, so I feel like COVID didn't affect me much because I'm mostly at home or I'm right. by myself. I'm like, it's fine. It's just like I normally am. Right. Mine was was the exact same. I mean, besides training, nothing else was really affected. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my wife, she got it pretty bad. She, um, she lost her sense of taste and smell and, um, she had a, I can't remember how long she had a fever, but, um, she had body aches and all sorts of things like that. And hers, um, I would say hers lasted like a week or two, which I mean, by, uh, towards the end of, uh, uh, week two, she was fine, but it was crazy how long she lost her uh, sense of taste and smell. Like, because that's that's something for me to hard. Uh, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Because, like, I couldn't yeah. imagine eating something and not tasting. Not tasting. I would Super. not want to eat. Honestly, I'd be. Yeah, I'd be very upset. Yeah, that's um. So I work in the emergency room here in uh, North Carolina. And um, that's what we were seeing a lot of uh, patients coming in for was like dehydration. They hadn't uh, been eaten because they didn't have a taste or smelled. You know, it was especially with older people. It was hard for them to uh, eat, mm. keep anything. Yeah, going. it's very interesting, and I'm I'm going to be glad to actually get the shot, and that way I don't have to worry about seeing any of my siblings. Not right. siblings. Also, that I couldn't see my new niece. That was born in February because I had COVID. Right. Right. Well, um, I'm sure they're going to uh, 
they're going to make us uh, take it for work soon. So I'll be glad when they uh, when they push that through, so you know we can get things rolling again. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be very nice. I guess the only thing is I have more time for school now, or more of an excuse to. Yeah, actually, yeah, I like that because that's what it's all is. Now I have time. I have no excuse not to do the school. Right. Or right. like just get better at any outside of fighting. Right. So, um, <clears throat> what is your uh, training schedule like here now that you're at uh, North Carolina? Twice a day, Tuesday and Thursdays. Strength and conditioning on Mondays, Monday and Friday mornings. Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights. I've been doing. I've been doing drills, and I teach two hours. So, I try to at least. I try to stay active twice a day. That's awesome, man. Morning and night. That's cool. And uh, how often are you doing your uh, strength and conditioning? Twice a week. Twice a week. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what kind of things are you doing? Uh, plyometric would be like hurdles, medicine ball throws, and then snatches or push presses for power and single leg deadlifts, chest press for strength. Very cool. Or dumbbell press, uh, bench press. Wow. Yeah. A lot of uh, explosive techniques. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool, man. Uh, what have you thought about? Uh, Conditioning uh, would be, uh, sorry, Tabata drills and threshold and anaerobic. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What, have you seen the videos of uh, John Jones lifting now that he's uh, bulking up for heavyweight? No. What's happening? It's pretty crazy, man. Was, was he snorting coke while he was doing it or something? Hey, hey, you never know. You never know. He might have had a needle in there, too. You never know. Much like. But he's, no longer stoned. Right. He's, uh, right now, he's uh, 245. Yeah, he's ballooned sorry, what? up. He's 245 pounds. Wow. Seems like quite a fast jump, if you ask me. I'm pretty sure if I started lifting more... Or just maybe a regular strongman routine, I'd fill out because I've never been to 175, but I was also eating ice cream every other day and doing ke- and just doing kettlebells. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, if you don't, if you're used to, in, if you're in combat sports and you're a lanky guy, I feel unless you, if you hit weights like a bodybuilder, you'll probably balloon up fast. Yeah. Just because the nature of our sport is most of the training is long rounds. Like if you're if you're a fighter, it's five rounds on the pad. Probably got there early, did some jump rope or hit the bag a bit. Then after after regular pad work, probably some bag work after bag work in class or sparring. That's awesome, man. So um, right now. Um, are you, um, do you train in the mornings or you do, uh, afternoons? Are you an early riser or how, do, how does that work? Um, mornings totally around six or seven, be at the gym doing the strength training slash conditioning. And then at night, it's Muay Thai. And then I, t- and, uh, fighters class, some early pad work, then we'll do, then I'll teach for two hours and clean up, then do some extra bag work or pad work. That's awesome. That's generally what happens. 
Cool. Very cool. It's hard for me to, uh, unless it's training, it's very hard for me to get up in the mornings to do anything. Because I'm not an early riser because I, uh, I work night shifts. Mm-hmm. So, oh, joy. So it's very hard to get me up early in the morning for anything besides training. Don't you get off at like seven or six? So yeah. if you work night shift, it's like I'm just getting done when everyone's bright and early. Exactly. Like, well, everyone's up bright and early. I'm like, like I'm about to pass out. I've worked all shifts and rolling shifts. Don't miss it. <laughs> really? Not at all. What were some uh, uh What were some of the jobs you had? Uh, working at a kill planet, Tyson. Working at what was it? What's the one in Eden where they make vests now? KDH. Then uh-huh. uh, working at the at a plastics company. A lot of factory jobs, essentially. Yeah. And oh. sales. I did knife sales for a little bit. Knife sales. Mm-hmm. Cut Huh. What kind of knives are they like tactical or like kitchen knives? Kitchen knives, and they had t- some tactical, like their guarantee was forever. We'll sharpen it and replace it. <laughs> it's crazy. Who would you, uh, what kind of places would you sell that to? Like restaurants and stuff like that? In home. Anybody? Out of a <laughs> In home sales, preferably if they live in a gated community. <laughs> right. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your job? Or now? kids did that. Uh, my job is a coach and trainer. So that's your job? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's As awesome. As well fighter. Dude, as well that... fighting, of course. Yeah. Dude, you're living the dream. That's awesome. Feels nice. Very nice, I'm sure. Did you, um, uh, I meant to ask you this earlier. Did you, uh, did you play any sports in mm-hmm. high school? What'd you play? Uh, all of them. I, tr- I love, I tried all of them, but I say the ones I love the most football. So I broke my collarbone scab and fencing and track. What is a uh, swimming too late? Um, it's with a, it's with a foil, pretty much a sword fight where they're like, oh, wow. oh snap. That's crazy. They had that at, um, they had that at Moorhead. What? That's crazy. Were you good I've at done, it? Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, what like other... soccer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, what other sports? Tried most of all of them except baseball, basketball. Did it for a bit. Just not a lot of contact, so I didn't love it. Wait a minute. You, you didn't play a lot of basketball? Dude, you're no. tall and long. I would have thought that would be something you'd be good at. Now I am. Now I am. That's crazy. I would have thought if you weren't doing fighting, you'd be doing uh, basketball because of your your length. I was short until 17. Huh. Man. That's crazy. Stopped at 25. Yeah, I was five, six, five, five-ish. Mm-hmm. So, nope, just short and then started springing up like a, like a weed. Yeah. How much? Uh, how much did you weigh in high school? I was trying to get to one fifty five, and I had train. We hired a what's what are those guys called? Uh, the Eden Chiropractor guy. I'm trying to remember who he is. Oh, he uh, Doctor Dabs. 
yeah, dad had him help me like on an eating routine, how much to eat. I was just trying to gain some weight. I was barely 145. Mm. How much are you? Less now, 160. I walk around 165. Very cool. And you fight at what? 147 to 150 or once in 154. Oh, wow. What's um this fight coming up? What's the weight uh weight class gonna be at? One fifty. We're doing a catch weight. Oh, okay. What um how's your weight cut going? Fine, I'm ten pounds out. Cool, very cool. I'm sure you'll just uh hop on the uh on the bike and the sauna and just uh cut that water weight. You think? Just sauna out. Oh my god, I I've always been a sauna person. I do not like the sweatsuit and running, but I do like the sauna suit in the sauna or sweats. Yeah. Yeah. I like a, I like a sauna. It's very relaxing. Some guys hate it. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, no, this is nice. I get to, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm lying. It sucks. I hate it. I hate cutting weight. Yeah. It's, it's nice when you're using it as a therapeutic thing, but when you've got 10 pounds, 10 pounds to cut in like a day or two, it's like torture. Okay, this sucks. Torture. You... I want to escape. I want to leave. Please. Why did I even try this? Why am I even fighting? Why am I doing this? That's where you start questioning everything. Yeah. <laughs> did you want? Um, did you ever watch the uh, the Ultimate Fighter? Did you ever see that guy who did the weight cut uh, in like twenty four hours? He lost like twenty some pounds in the sauna. What season was this? Because I stopped after, uh, I think it was season five, and there was, when Rampage wasn't, a, he was a coach, he broke the door, and oh, yeah. that was the last one, I, that was the last season I saw. This one was very early, it was uh, Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture were the coaches. Did you ever oh, see that season? I, think I did see parts of it. The only, the bad part was we have so much streaming now. Back then it was like you got to be up at this time, right? You have to if you don't have a DVD, uh, not even a DVD, a VHS recorder. If anyone knows what that is anymore, <laughs> yeah. you got to record it, right? It's crazy now. There was so many uh, with so many streaming sites. Like you can watch anything. I remember back yeah. in the day when you'd have to get up early in the morning if you wanted to catch, uh, like, uh, Incredible Hulk or X-Men or things like that. Oh, and if you wanted to watch Dragon Ball Z or Inuyasha, you'd have to be up for Toonami exactly at 12 a.m., stay yeah. up till 3. How do we do this and go to school? I never know. <laughs> I'll never know, but um, it was so hilarious because you would think uh, kids at that time would be up to no good. And here I am, I'm like, man, it's about to be midnight. I got to catch this new episode of Dragon Ball Z. I got to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, like, I hope that I, like, I'm excited like, dealing drugs, like, downstairs at 2 a.m. Damn, good, damn, damn, that garlic junior, fuck, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get into Norte? Oh, okay, so I watch a lot of manga uh-huh. and anime. Um, I like, I love, I love Shippuden. I do not like Naruto. Okay. Child Naruto is annoying as fuck. Uh, Understandable. I could see that. I could (laughs) see that. Some of it, uh, seemed a little bit too cartoonish. 
I wanted it to be more anime. But I would I would agree. Shippuden's my favorite. Who was your favorite? Who were your favorite characters? Lee. Did, uh, you know Sasuke. Yes. God. I hate that. I, keep, I say that even. <laughs> Probably I, Lee though. Yeah. Outside uh, of him, Lee. Yeah, I liked uh, Guy Sensei. He was my favorite, especially when he uh, when he opened the eighth gate. Spend space and time just to kick a hole in Madara. Yes, that's when that's when everything changed. I was like, oh my gosh, he opened the eighth gate. Oh no, I am Ninja Jesus. Come back to life. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Exactly. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, you were talking about earlier how you would uh dress up as uh Dragon Ball Z characters with your friends. Mm -hmm. Who uh who were you? Uh who would you dress up as? Piccolo, because my older brother, our older brother and cousin would always get Goku and Vegeta, and the only way I could get those would be Piccolo or Gohan. If I didn't get those, it's like you got to fight me to get this one. Because there's no way you could, if you can't be if you can't be go you can't be Goku or Vegeta. If I can be if Piccolo can beat you, I'm like at the time I didn't know. Well, Piccolo actually beat Goku, and Vegeta's beaten Goku twice, so. So, <laughs> exactly. but Goku always loses to his to his enemies first and then wins. Right, ain't that something? Can't get it because I can't even win once. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Um, growing up, did you uh, did you lean more towards uh, Goku or Vegeta? Which one did you lean more towards? Because I was more Gohan. Which Gohan? Gohan or Piccolo? Which Teen go on, come on, Teen go on. Teen, even like little go, even young Gohan, because it was like I feel like I'm a young. I was the youngest one most of the time. Like I can relate to this, dude. I liked Gohan when he was young. I I didn't like when he started becoming like a superhero and stuff like that. I was no, like, that's that's I call. I guess that's older teen, preteen Gohan, cell side of Gohan. Yes. Like yes. and, and anything below that, but you know, yeah, he, nah. high school be- Gohan sucked. <laughs> <laughs> right when he beat Cell, that was when he was untouchable. Nobody could touch him. Although yeah. it it was pretty cool when he fought. Uh, what's his name? Which Boo was it? The tall one. What was his name? Tall one, uh, Super Boo. Super Mr. Gohan. When he fights Mr. Gohan, yes, for him, yeah. that was pretty crazy. Till he got go, till Boo got go tank. So it was like, I don't need nobody. I got this. Right, exactly. <laughs> what was your uh, what was your favorite fight in the whole series? Mm. Of all time, right now, I would say yeah, up to this point. Uh, have you seen the Brawley movie? Yes. God, it's so pretty nuts. That or like. When they were weak as hell in Tree of Might, the Tree of Might fights and the Garlic Junior f- Saga fights were the best. Yeah, I feel before pre Super Saiyan fights because after Super Saiyan it just gets it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, so something that I saw on your page that uh really caught my attention. I was like, "What? That is nuts!" You went skydiving. Yeah, twice now. 
dude, me and my, uh, me and my uh, brother-in-law as, uh, it, it was my, uh, how I proposed to my wife, um, we went skydiving and I told her, you know, I got us tickets to go skydiving. Will you go with me? Knowing that she wasn't going to, I, uh, I got my brother-in-law to go with me. And when I, when I come down, that's when I proposed to her. So, ever, oh, <laughs> so, uh, so ever since then we've called us, we've called ourselves sky bros and we're like, dude, there's someone else's skydive. Dude, he's part of the sky bro crew. Yeah. I am. Um, well, I did the first one to cap off Thailand. Uh-huh. So right before we go, I was like, gotta do it. And then the second one was just because why not go to the highest elevation and jump? Right. Why not? So you went uh, skydiving in Thailand? No, no. Or when before you... Thailand. Oh, Hell before no, you were skydiving there. I was about no. to say, oh, that'd be a little sketch. Your parachute might open or might not. Um, same chances here, but there's more regulations. <laughs> right, exactly. I feel more secure. So, um, where did yeah. you where did you skydive uh, the first time? What's that place near uh, Randleman or something? Piedmont skydiving. Both. Oh, times. okay, okay. I've heard of them. And your second one was there, also, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, that is awesome. We did it at the uh, at the beach we go to, uh, Oak Island. It's pretty sweet getting to see the ocean and things like that. I might want to try that next time. Then. You do it again? Yeah. Dude, that so, is so crazy. Fun. I didn't I didn't have time to think about it because when I uh when I was thinking this through, I was like, okay, I'll go skydiving and then I'll propose. I wasn't thinking, oh hey, I'm about to go uh ten thousand feet in the sky and I might I, I may or may not land. Like, I didn't think yep. that through until I was already up there, and I was like, "Oh shit, I got to jump out of a plane." <laughs> oh shit, I, I was, just realized. Uh, I was amped about it the whole time. I was like, "Yes, I love this." Finally, mm, come on, let me get to jump up first. Dude, it is the craziest experience ever. Indescribable, yeah. Like when people ask me, like, "What was it like?" I'm like, "It's like you're falling." from the sky it's exactly what it's like yeah like yeah i'm like imagine you know i, I like think remember roller coaster like you go up 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 and you wait and you go straight and then just imagine instead of going on a slanted curve down you're one of those free fall machines straight down yeah exactly and do you know that gut feeling you get when you're when it drops and you feel your stomach just drop i didn't feel that it was just i was just falling that's all it was. I don't think I feel it. No, there's no buildup, really. No, not at all. I like that. Over the, uh, I'm strapped in this machine. Oh, shit. It bro- oh, we're just falling. <laughs> we're just falling. There's nothing we could do. We're just falling. Yeah. So um, I, I also saw that you had fought, and this was a while ago, you had fought in glory. What was that like? Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I got my nose broke. I saw that. I saw that was your first nose break, right? Yep. No, mm, not sure. <laughs> Again, um, fighting out, I guess, brother would bloody my nose pretty much every week. Mm. Yeah. But that, but that was your first one in an actual, like, professional fight, yeah. fight, fight setting. 
Oh, that was amateur, actually. Oh, amateur? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't even know, Corey. Uh, I thought they were a uh, professional fighting league. No, it was the undercard um, amateur glory card fight. What? That's nuts, dude. Because they were, uh, I, I don't know if they still do shows, but they were big for a while. Like, I'd see uh, a lot of uh, viral videos. It was a lot of glory fighters. There Did was. You... There was a lot of fights that I was practicing that. There was an elimination fight to see if you would get on there, and I won it. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, who did you fight, and um, how was that experience? Preston Hawker. Uh-huh. Uh, for the elimination one or the um, actual glory both, fight? Both of them. Uh, I do not know who the guy was, but I actually won that one by TKO in the third round. And mm-hmm. then the actual glory fight, I won by decision. I was fighting Preston Hawker. Um, he's better known as the pastor of disaster. The pastor of disaster. What a name. He was a preacher that was a fighter. What? Yeah, he was an MMA fighter, too. <laughs> well, how old was he? I have no idea how old Preston is. I don't know how old it was when we fought, either. <laughs> I just knew he had a family. And he, had a, and he was the leader at, he was, again, a pastor at a church. <laughs> that is so wild. That's so yeah. wild. And how did he break your, uh, how did he break your nose? Left hook. Left hook. Mm-hmm. Did you um did you realize it then or did was it after? No idea. Dude, Chris that... saw it and I the doctors were like, yeah, it's broken. They set, reset it before I even got out of the ring. And I was like, Chris, why didn't you tell me that my nose is broken? Why well, didn't want you to go crazy? I was like, I would have fought a lot harder if I knew my nose was broken. That <laughs> on the head. Right. Hey, well, I didn't you... want you going crazy. Right. Exactly. I just wanted you to win this fight and go home. Pocket full of cash. No cash. This is amateur. What? You didn't get paid? Nope. Nothing. Zero. Not even like a, if you sell this many tickets, we'll give you some. Nope. I got some free glory gloves that broke, fell apart in about two months. <laughs> I'm using them. <laughs> That's it. That's crazy, man. So, um, I can't remember what I was going to ask you. So, what do you like to do on your time off? What are some of your hobbies when you're not fighting? Uh, build Gundams, uh, watch anime, cook, and playing with codes. Playing with codes? Yeah, like uh, writing programs. I'm, I'm, since I'm learning it, uh-huh. Uh, I find my, it's very gratifying figuring out the right way to solve a problem or to make it work on the screen. So, like, give me an example of a uh, code you would write. Right now I'm doing one, of plurality, one that simulates a plurality election. And before that I was making, I guess the f- second week, I made a program that would make Mario, make hashes like they would the bricks in Mario. You know, like sometimes it'd be a little pyramid, two or three. You type in how many periods you want. <clears throat> Sorry. It would, <laughs> loop, it would um, the program would actually just loop through, would go loop through itself. Say you want eight. Okay, so it would make one half, one brick. Then it would loop. So again, say you wanted, you wanted to have a four high, 
I want to loop through once. I'm going to loop through again, but this time we're going to go right under with the new line, make one break, two break, and then loop again till we hit this this um, till I and I is normally just the integer is is great is equal to what the user input. So in the max you could input was nine. After that, if you did more than that, it would reprompt you for how many how how high do you want your pyramid? Mm-hmm. Dude, that is nuts. Like I have no like I heard what you said, but I have no clue what you just said. Like for me to wrap yeah. my head around that, like it, I just picture you just sitting at a keyboard going like hacking into hacking into someone's uh database and extracting all the info, things like that. Like that's what I picture when you say like writing codes and things like that. No, it's um like say something simple as um maybe an inc- like a right now I'm doing arrays imagine anything like um, say you want a computer to behave like a human Mm -hmm. the computers are dumb so you have to do overly express what you want them to do in the language they understand so that way they'll behave smarter no they don't behave anyway they just do what you tell them verbatim so what do you do so what are you going to do when when computers become as smart as humans? Will they ever? That's going to be a singularity. It's, po- it's very possible. If we're break- making breakthroughs with AI, I would say I don't know. Because when that happens, I don't know what the fuck to do. Right? Like, I hear uh, Elon Musk talk about that a lot, uh, about AI and how you better be nice to computers because they're going to take over soon. Just wait. Just wait. I mean, look at this. This is basically a computer now. Yeah. What we were like, 2010, we were still on, we were on flip phones. Yeah. 2009, 2010 flip phones, 2021, I have an iPhone 8S. This is considered outdated. Yeah. And it's crazy what, how fast they're developing, how fast they're improving. Yes, it is. It's so crazy, man. So you fall in a lot of places, a lot, a lot of different places. What, which um, city or state has been your uh, favorite place to fight at so far? D.C. As an amateur, it was D.C. hands down because after five fights, no shin guards, no headgear, just elbow pads and gloves. Very cool. And anything like if you fall, if someone's bent over and they get kneed in the face, their fault. You turn around or you, you get turned around and get hit in the back of the head, your fault. You should have been doing that. As opposed to other places where this wasn't legal? Shing, they like, oh, don't knee someone when they're, de- when they're bent over. Don't knee them in the face, even if they just bend over. DC and the promotion ANTL would say, they were very tired with, I guess it would be more of a tie with like, if you get bent over and you're, and you get kneed in the face, that's your fault for not defending yourself. If you get kicked in the back, your fault for not defending yourself. Yeah, I would say, I would say that's very reasonable. Versus like IKF, I'm not sure about the WK too much anymore. They're like, okay, we got to have headgear, shin guards, even if you had 10, 15 X amount of fights, 
unless it's a title fight. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So that's what I love the most. And I'm I, sure is the AMTL. Hopefully one day they'll come back. Yeah. I would think it'd be very hard for me to keep that in mind. Like, say you have a guy who's hurt and like they're like bent over hurt. Like, it'd be hard for me to go, oh, I can't need this guy. How long, yeah, did no. it, how long did it take for you to uh, adjust that rule set? It took me a very to, – to not knee people in the face. Because yeah. an amateur in kickboxing, which I – most promotions in the States are like, don't knee them in the face, even mm-hmm. if they're down. But if they're bent over and you accidentally knee them in the face, they're like, I don't have no – like, don't, don't try to make a habit of that. Gotcha. Okay. So they wouldn't mm-hmm. give you a hard penalty for it. Mm-mm. It's a hard penalty if he's are if hands are on the floor and you're kneeing him in the face. Right. Did you see the uh, Algernon Sterling fight? No. What happened? So, um, he was fighting this uh, Russian guy. I think his name's uh, Peter Yan, and uh, he had it was either one hand down or no hands down, and the guy came up on a knee, and he just boom hit him right in the face and. Um, he uh, he knocked him out, and it was it was it was very controversial because they uh, they were like, did he have his hand down? Did he not? Uh, there's different angles that show different things, but what was crazy after was um, Aljamain's reaction because in the cage he genuinely acted like he was hurt, but afterwards he got online and started talking shit to uh, Henry Cejudo and was like, you know the fight to make, you know this is the fight. And we're like, everyone kind of like took a step back. I was like, oh. concussion. I'll say concussion in your brain. Right. Right. Like, dude, do you know concussion you. Concussion or pride. Right. Like, you do realize you were losing that fight up until that moment. And I mean, you won the fight, but, you know, did you? You, know. you got a DQ win. Right. Like, I don't know if I'd be bragging that much, but it's a, it's a weird it's a weird situation when things like that happen. Like um, yeah. a couple of weeks back, an, uh, another guy, I can't remember if they called it a win or if it was a uh, DQ. He got hit with the uh, the knuckle right here on the eye and uh, they had to stop it. So it's been very weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, hopefully in my sport, most of the time, DQ only happen if you hit him in the nuts really hard. Uh-huh. And they can't continue, or if you like, no, no, there's not really a lot of ways to get DQ'd unless I think they still have no, they don't have a 12 to 6 elbow law here. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Oh, that'd be so weird. Did you see the did you ever see the fight where um, uh, Holly Holm got hit with a uh, with a toe right in the eye? Oh, I can't remember if they called that a DQ or not, but it was such a weird situation. Does that right. ever happen? Have you ever seen that in Muay Thai? No. Taking a toe to the eye? No, I've never seen that. I have seen someone get briefly sidekicked in the face and their whole face like went inside. That was horrific. And I was like, I fought that guy? How come he didn't do that to me? That was the only question I had. How come you do this to me? You mean like, he didn't do this to me. You mean like the Liu Kang sidekick to the face? Like that? He did that to the guy in the next tournament. I was like, what the fuck? I fought this guy? I was like, oh, how can you do God. that when we fought? You never gave me the space for it. I was like, or time. I was like, oh, okay. Thank goodness I didn't. <laughs> I was like, thank God. Thank oh, God. Yeah. I dodged the bullet. Dude, that he is did the a- whole, like, Bruce Lee sound. like, 
Instant KO to that guy. Oh, I was God. Done. I was like, oh. oh, my God. Dude, that's a whole other level of disrespect right there. No, that was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> could you I'm, imagine <laughs> Could you imagine being the guy getting up from the KO and he's like, what happened? Dude, he fucking Luke hanged your ass. I would, I'd be very, I want revenge. I want to get him in the, I want to run it back. <laughs> That's what I think. I want to run it back. I want another shot at this. Right. Imagine being that guy or Ben Askren, who took the knee to the dome. Those are both bad. Both very bad. Have you seen, have you seen the build up to that fight? The Ben Askren, Jake Paul fight? Oh. It's like watching a, grown man talk to a disgruntled teenage a disgruntled teenager child it, I it, like, that's what it looks like that's what it looks like he acts yeah. Jake it's, it's a child and he's just yeah. like yeah okay this is cool. a fight game yeah mm-hmm. dude it's so it, it, it's so crazy to think that now that's the fight people are breaking down like yeah. never in a million years did I think, oh, I'm gonna be talking about who's who's gonna win, and I'm genuinely excited for it because now I just want to see Ben Askren push his face in. <laughs> That's the money seller, like Floyd Mayweather, Floyd fight. Exactly, he plays the villain role very well. I will say, I gotta. Um, I do have to really use the bathrooms. Oh, I did. Okay. Let, I'm glad I actually did do this podcast. <laughs> you said you are glad you did it. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, um, well, I'll get you out of here. Mm-hmm. And um I'm glad you uh I'm glad you came on. It was a uh very entertaining podcast. I'm yeah, well. uh I, I'm very happy that uh we did this and um tell them where they can uh check you out. Oh, uh my Instagram is Khalid. I don't even actually check that actually. Uh, it is Kaleeb underscore Leroy if you want to follow me on Instagram. My fight is going to be on April 9th against Jake Peacock for the Lion Fight Welterweight Championship mm-hmm. at the weight of 150 pounds. You can catch it on UFC Fight Pass April 9th. That's awesome, man. We'll, sure, we'll be sure to tune in and uh, we'll I'm sorry. for yeah, you. April 9th. <laughs> come on man get it straight <laughs> yeah, in March man. still <laughs> <laughs> right well um, we'll be pulling for you man I will. I wish you the best of luck man I'll be tuning in thanks Jeff alright man I'll see you later peace out later man <laughs>